You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, what is going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex Tags Podcast. I am your host, Steve V. This is episode 232. Happy 2021, and just going to say it, happy 50th birthday to me. That's right, it's my 50th birthday actually today when this drops, Tuesday, January 12th. I am 50, whoa, I'm happy that I am here for what is next. I am really just happy to have this show, and on this episode, I'm going to be celebrating that I hope will be entertaining for you all on my 50th birthday with some of my favorite people, many of which you'll recognize because they're friends to the show. And a little bit later at the end of the show, my co-host, Jeremy Ross Lopez, Lincoln, and Cody Maurice Doggett will be joining me and roasting me. It was my idea, so um, be careful what you wish for, right? But on this birthday, you're also going to be hearing from some favorite people, friends of mine. We've got Sebastian Lacaz, who's been on the show several times of his Chasing Happy podcast, as well as Dr. Goldstein, our favorite doctor, is in the house today talking about our asses, the importance of a colonoscopy, and his brand new product, which I just tried on my birthday, Ass and Body Scrub, which you guys should need to check out. But to kick my birthday off, I couldn't think of anybody else I'd rather. He's one of my best friends. Mostly, he was our very first guest ever, episode one of Talk About Gay Sex, way back when. Let's get the party started. And here is my conversation with Gregory Nelbon. Well, I'm so excited on my 50th birthday celebration podcast. Like I said, I'm surrounding myself at least auditory wise with some of my favorite people. And my next guest is not only one of my best friends, but he's a friend to Tag's podcast, Gregory Nelbone, across town on the Lower East Side, I believe. How you doing? I'm really good. I'm here in my thermal underwear and with my feet up on the table. <laughs> oh, sounds <laughs> fabulous. 
And you did, yeah. You decorated your place in such beautiful holiday cheer this year. I wish I could have come over and seen it in person. But it was that part amazing. of? Yeah, was that no, new, or was that because of you wanted to really uplift your spirit this particular year? A little bit. Well, that is definitely part of it. After you know, almost the year, sort of that we all been through i wanted to do something to serve just to just celebrate me and the holiday if it was even going to be just me here with two cats i just wanted to do something to make myself feel good and i know that even as a kid like the whole the whole sort of ritual of getting out the christmas decorations was always such a special like a tingly experience that I always looked forward to. You know, it was just filled with all the fantasy of Santa Claus growing up, you know, and just like, it was just so, it was so surreal as a kid and just, it was magical. And gold, and and a lot of gold, apparently, because we know you love gold, (laughs) which I love. I, I like gold and I like red and, you know, deep red colors. So I had over the years collected, um, some ornaments, you know, in from in my adult life. And I put up a tree several times. It started with, with a relationship that I had like 15 years ago that sort of like triggered it all. Like, let's have a tree and buy all these ornaments. And, uh, and, and then I kind of just, the whole mess and the drama of the tree, and because I don't have a place to store an artificial tree, I kind of stopped the whole thing. And this year I just got this idea, let me go find a branch in the park and maybe I can make it and turn it into like a minimalistic looking tree with my ornaments on it and to feature, you know, the ornaments. And that's what I did. I, it just was like the universe guided me to the park. There was the tree. I bought little lights and the rest is history. I put up my ornaments and it's blinking right now. Totally. And, uh, yeah, mine is, a, mine is too. Totally a Charlie Brown Christmas that you made magical and you have such a creative touch. And it's so funny that you would mention when – this all stemmed from obviously growing up like myself with a lot of Christmas ornaments and decorations around the house. But of course, like you, when I had one of my first boyfriends here in New York City, we could not, I could not wait to march down to 8th Avenue and get the tallest Christmas tree that I could find yeah. and carry with him. And of course, I had to get all the decorations. And it was so fun to decorate together, play music, throw a Christmas party. But I think there's Absolutely. something along happens along the way where you're like, God damn it, I'm just going to do this for myself, too. Yeah, that that's what it came to the, this year, you know. And it, yeah. it was just it, it was a, a lot of a lot of work to put this little thing together that I did, and especially getting all my stuff out from under the bed that's been just stuffed under there for years that I never go, you know, and, and like there's no reason to get them out anymore. So it was just a big deal, and I'm sort of like dreading putting it all away again. But in a way, at the moment, I don't want to. Me I'm either. Of, and that's weird, you know? I'm still enjoying it, and it's just it's pretty, and it's making me happy. And I'm not, like, a blinky light person, but, like, I'm sort of getting off on these, like, lighting modes with all this, like, epileptic-like flashing. <laughs> <laughs> it's the drug of choice. I love it. Well, you, you and I have been hunkered down here in New York City this entire year through throughout this entire pandemic, and 
we at one point, even earlier this year, would spend almost once a week, we would hang out together and have some shenanigans. It was so fun. We would just get crazy and go out. And we all of that stopped. But how has this year been without going out? And what have you like learned about yourself in this time frame? Uh, I'm still stuck on shenanigans. Yeah, <laughs> shenanigans. That was, that was a, a polite way to put it. We uh, turned it we out. Had a, <laughs> we had, man, did we have fun. What did I learn? Well, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it was funny. It was, like you said, so abruptly ended. The first couple months, you know, losing my job, becoming unemployed. Right. Um, and I got, I would say very honestly, the first couple months, um, I was in sort of a very low point. Uh, I had a lot of anxiety around the whole the, the, the dynamic of the pandemic, and uh, just imagining watching people watching people die that I knew right. and worldwide. It was a dark moment, and I really I, I was I was like struggling for a while to sort of like find joy, and uh, you know sh- you know shut in your apartment and just a lot of fear you know everyone on tv on media social media was all fear and uh i kind of just like sort of like that that vibe that to be inspired to do anything sort of just like left me but then i i would tell you like it was in maybe maybe may um when the weather started to get nice uh i got a bike i was gonna say the bike it, the infamous bike it cha- steve it changed my life I was getting up eight, nine every morning. I was riding when we used around. to went to when we used to go to bed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Tell me about Shenanig- yeah, uh, shenanigans. Wink, wink. <laughs> exactly, going to bed, and I'd be waking up and on my bike in Brooklyn and coming home and eating breakfast. And I, I started this whole workout regimen in the park. And the bike was an integral part of that. So that was my motivation to get up and get out of the house. And I just. That's what I needed, and I think it kind of brought me back to this again, back to this sort of like this childhood moment where I felt like I was like there was this innocence that I was sort of like acknowledging again, and this, uh, like I was on my own, and I loved it, and I didn't. I felt like I didn't miss all that other stuff. And then I could be self-sufficient and happy, and these little things that were like brightening my day and and the moments uh, in that uh, I sort of like overlooked or dismissed in the past. And so that was I was finding joy in myself, if you will. It's and, funny that you say stuff because that's something that you know we one of the things that I brought you on here too is because even though we hadn't seen each other like we did week after week, we were chit-chatting via text or on long telephone calls and we were sharing a lot of this that this information about each other and it's interesting that you mentioned the word stuff because that's something that this break if you will okay pandemic but in many ways did make me as well childlike and exploratory exploring the city exploring kind of back to basics on things Absolutely. Really, you know, really learning about this city that I've been in now for almost 13 years that 
maybe I hadn't explored. And I was riding the city bike, unlike your new bike, but I was also walking around a lot in neighborhoods. And it was so refreshing. And we had to kind of learn, albeit we were talking via text and and, and through other friends as well. You kind of, there is that thing about when you're a kid when all your kids are it's a rainy day and all your kids are busy and you have to learn how to play by yourself i'm assuming (laughs) you were one of those kids that could get creative on your own oh absolutely i I sort of just got lost in little fantasy worlds and a little project (laughs) whether it was in my in my closet or like a little places in the basement that i used to hide and play in my little like little imaginary worlds I would create. And yeah, so it really, it was sort of like turning, taking a bad situation and somehow this good being revealed. I love it. I love it. I can totally relate to that. Um, You know, we recently, I was talking to you and we used the topic about people stealing images off of Instagram and <laughs> you, you using your image in particular, I consulted you, and Cody and I talked about it on Tags Live. And I thought, well, I have the source here. I'd love to end on just this thing because, as many people may or may not know, I'm sure they know, you being one of our first guests, you have over, oh my God, what is it, over 400,000 followers on Instagram, but you've had your run ins with the social media you've taken it off you've and with so many people following you and you put out some great content thirsty content great fun funny content you've made us laugh (laughs) but one of the things i would love to just hear from you is people have there's some a sinister side to it and they've used your image throughout the last several years and how exhausting has that been to kind of capture these or try and capture these people and have you had any luck with any of that when people rip your image and try and act pose as you for their own gain um i i sort of i would it used to be just like and i really wouldn't have a problem with this, it was a little bit, I don't know, aggravating when someone would take a picture and sort of create a profile and pretend that, you know, that's them in the picture and sort of, I don't know, you know, sort of fool other people. And I don't know how far that goes and what it turns into like, I don't know if they, they're looking for like online sex or what they just want to escape. Who knows? That's okay. It's just, it's, it's not going to get me, you know, it's not going to, you know, get me so I'm going to lose sleep over it. But it sort of escalated in the last couple of years to another level where people are, and I don't know if it's businesses or I don't know if uh, it's uh, sort of some sort of like um, uh, online advertising Bots agency. Or corporations, sort of a, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But they're using using the photo for Yeah, no matter uh, how monetary. you slice it or dice it, they're using you and your image and the work that you've put out there. For, for monetary purposes to promote whatever it is they're promoting, whether, whether it's some sort of website. Um, and then the, the, the sort of flip side to that is actually uh, other uh, – and it could be people, I don't know, uh, or, or companies uh, actually trying to uh, get money from people directly. Using, right. Oh, using right. You're talking about on the other end. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you've got – you know, you've got – you've got – 
people directing you to websites pretending that they're me. Um, here they just say, hey, check out my private pictures here. Thanks for following me. Here's a link, and you have to pay this much money. Okay, but then when you're actually directly asking people and engaging in conversations and developing relationships with them, pretending to be as me. And you, yeah. This person thinks they're talking to me. People have sent me transcripts and screenshots of conversations that they've had engaged in where they've actually built like some sort of like online relationship uh, with uh, an imposter. And uh, and then the person sort of goes in for the kill and asks for money. And of course, this is like, I guess it's illegal to use someone else's, you know, name and likeness to uh, solicit money from someone. I don't know. So that's where that's where it gets me. Uh, very motivated to want to do something about it. So I go on to uh, Instagram directly, and you have to sort of – there's a whole process you have to go through with your validating your identity and uh, trying to get trying to get the people off, off Instagram, report them. And actually in one case, I had to go to uh, the complaint of the uh, FBI online cyber crime unit or something like that because of one of the situations. Uh, so yeah, it, it can get like – that's ugly. And, yeah. Uh, people telling me like uh, I, you know, you, you, I thought this was you, and you, I, I was falling for you, and like, and then I realized it's I don't know, just I hate when people get manipulated and lied to, and I don't understand the person doing it. Just can't really have the the, the consideration for someone else's feelings. It's a very selfish ugly thing to do to somebody else it uh, incredibly is and thank you for when you let us use your story to kind of share with people on our show to look out for things and by the way people can follow you if they really just want to follow you you're at gregory nelbone gregory nelbone n-a-l-b-o-n-e and you said you were going to put something on your profile did you do that so that people know there's only one or should just people no, know there's got, only one you know one. what i have to say i find that very obnoxious when i see people <laughs> have in their profile this is my only profile as if telling people that they get duplicated and so many fake profiles are made <laughs> with their pictures that they have to specify this is the real me and right. no i'm not going to put the gregory now bone and i'm not going to put gregory now bone official or uh, <laughs> Because so, I might get something. the target version of you, which is what I could afford right now, and <laughs> I love it. Just, I'm not going to say anything. This, is, this, but this is my only. I have one social media platform. No, uh, you know, Facebook, no Twitter, no uh, Snapchat, or to, to, to TikTok or Tumblr or OnlyFans. No. <laughs> Well, to get the one and only, follow Gregory Nelbone at Gregory Nelbone. And Gregory, thank you so much for doing my birthday episode. You're my, one of my best friends. And you really, um, I thought the, the best was only could come hanging out with you. But turns out you have been one of my, you know, right-hand people through this pandemic getting me through this. And I want to thank you for this. I love you for that. And it's and you've helped I me so love much. You as well, and thank you for including me and making me part of these little moments uh, with the show. And I just love how it's just sort of accelerated and all the work and nonstop endless work that you put into putting 
this out there for everybody. And it's really an amazing thing, and I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, And inspired. Inspired. I can, I'm going to get off my ass like Steve does and do something <laughs> productive today. And I don't. Well, thank you so much, Gregory. And I hope to see you in the flesh. Yes, very soon. soon. Love, love, Gregory. Such a fun, always fun talking to him. He cracks me up. Thank you, Gregory, again. Moving on on this 50th birthday celebration for myself, I couldn't think of anybody else and more important to talk to than the good doctor himself. Here is my conversation with Dr. Goldstein. Well, it couldn't be my 50th birthday celebration without having our the good doctor, Dr. Evan Goldstein. Thank you for doing this episode. Oh, no, my pleasure. Happy, happy birthday. Welcome and welcome up to the, the <laughs> mid-century part. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I wanted some of my favorite people, so hopefully you'll make me feel better about it. Um, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so one, let's get into it. One of the things that we all know, most of us, is on a monumental birthday like this, our health becomes more and more important, taking those steps to be as healthy as we can. And obviously, a colonoscopy is one thing. First question is, why do we get it? And why do we get it around 50? Yeah, I think, you know, first off, uh, most people do start doing it at the age of 50 or above. Um, you do need to look at your own family and scream because if you do have a first degree relative that has had issues of colon or rectal cancer, um, they do make you do screening earlier than the age of 50. Uh, usually it's about 10 years earlier than the diagnosis of when that happened. Uh, but for the most part, most people are doing it at the age of 50. And it's just because looking at the risk benefit ratio of having people undergo a colonoscopy and whether or not it's beneficial years before. The reality is, is that at the age of 50 or above has been the threshold for where people should get the screening colonoscopy. Um, and then depending upon what is seen during that colonoscopy stratifies one to whether or not it's repeated in three to five years or seven to 10 years. It all just depends on what is found. I'm not a gastroenterologist. I unfortunately don't do colonoscopies, so I can't go all the way up your ass, though I have seen your tushy many times. <laughs> yeah. um, with, with that being said, uh, but most people um, the age of 50. So it's just something that we all get to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And what, what are they primarily looking for when they do this? So most people are looking, well, first of all, just looking for polyps and or obviously cancer. Um, we know that we can prevent colon cancer with good screening techniques. Um, and that's why we're pushing more and more people. Everyone should get colonoscopies. Um, you're able to really see the transition. And it's very similar to what we're doing in anal cancer screening. Obviously, we recommend people doing yearly pap smears, especially um, in our community, but what they're doing is very similar. The colonoscopy is looking from the entire rectum, the distal anal region, um, all the way up into the colon and, and into the small intestine. Um, and as they're doing that, they're really able to see um, the extent of polyps. Are there any changes? Is there any inflammation, any other inflammatory issues? 
things that would set someone at a higher risk for cancer. And the nice thing is that they can actually treat it early on. Uh, a lot of people get polyps removed routinely, um, and it prevents, obviously, the progression to cancer. So we're, we're huge advocates, and, and I think, obviously, it's something that uh, you're going to do soon enough. Yep. Thank God for the science, though, and where we're at. And it sounds like what you're saying, especially as gay men, the colonoscopy we have to do, but also we should, which I've done, is get our anal area checked out periodically, particularly if we're having anal sex. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot that goes into the anal sex world. We know specifically from douching, um, and either over-douching or the lubes that we're using, the sex that we're having, whether it's run-of-the-mill kind of toy, whether it's cock, whether it's fists, all that type of stuff predisposes us to lots of different things from STDs to HPV and the progression from, from anal warts or anal HPV to anal cancer. And the reality is, is that once a year, we should be doing a thorough evaluation, obviously STD screening, we should be doing an anal pap smear, which looks at the cells that are potentially progressing similar to like you had and I discussed on the colonoscopy. Um, and I also think that it is this huge, huge push for a full internal and external evaluation. Nowadays, it's so easy to literally shine a light inside, take a look at the entire region making sure that we're not causing significant damage um, and also really making sure that we're looking at people's sexual habits to make sure that we're providing people with preventative approaches um, so that they don't advance into further complications. I love it. And these are things like your regular doctor doesn't do your general practitioner. So I know I saw you recently and I think it's, it's for our good gay health. So I love it. Um, switching gears, uh, on, I'm very happy that I tried one of your brand new products under future method. It's oh, the butt you. and yeah, I just got it. I just used it today and the other day as well. The butt and body scrub. First of all, the scent and the aroma is like, so it's clean, but masculine and got, I loved it so much. Um, well, the other thing that I really loved about the scrub was you say that you can use it in the crack and you encourage us to use it in the crack of our ass. I did. And unlike a lot of body scrubs, it didn't feel like it was ripping away anything, yeah. but it also felt like, unlike other scrubs, that it wasn't too gentle where, is this really doing anything? There's a nice right. hybrid. Yeah, no, this 100%. Whole product. I mean, I think just like you, we had tried so many different concoctions of different formulations or how it was uh, dispensed. And, and there's a lot that are out there that I just didn't really feel was doing a service to how we engage and what we're trying to achieve. Uh, obviously the scent we worked on, we wanted it to be exactly like you said, masculine, but not too masculine. Um, an, enough potency where you, you, because it was in the rear that you needed to smell it and feel it and, and get that sexy components. And, and I feel super excited about that just because uh, every time I use it, I'm just, it puts me into a happy place. Um, yeah. And also the scrub, it's a dual scrub, meaning it has larger particles, which you felt that get into the crack area. Um, you know, we know that there's a lot of bacteria in that region, both good and bad. 
and there's a lot of dead cells that are present. And a lot of people don't take care of their anal regions just like they would their face. You know, obviously facial products are huge. Um, and the key for me was, you know, post-sex, I had always been, God, you know, you're using silicone lube, there's cum, there's sweat, there's mucus, all this stuff. And and how do you actually clean it and make sure that it's healthy, it polishes, it nourishes, and it allows you to get back to better bottoming. And so that was why we did the dual phase of bigger particles, get rid of that lube that's difficult to get off. Um, and then obviously the smaller particles that kind of polish and buff and make you feel sexy and, and whole again. Um, and I use it every day, regardless of whether I'm having sex or not. But the impetus of this was how do we start really looking at products that are going to support our community, allowing people to uh, you know flourish before sex, during sex, and then obviously after sex so that we can get you back as quick as possible to engage the way that you want. Yeah, I love that hybrid nature to the product, and it just fits in with your whole messaging in general. On In the shower, you can scrub and clean, but really that bacteria that we talked about on the last episode that can just formulate, you've got me to taking showers before I go to bed, just because you said even walking around, dirt accumulates down there. And what we're trying to do, as I've learned through you, is keep that area as clean as possible, especially if we're using it like many of us gay men are. It's just so important. And I love that you created this product. It's really cool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, we're trying to just push the needle. Obviously, there's definitely scrubs that are out there. The goal for us was to really take those scrubs and build on that in a scientific way that's specific to our community. And like you said, you know, the microbiome that's there is altered, especially with the, you know, the trauma of sex. Sex, especially anally, is quite traumatic in the area. And the key is how do we use the preventative approaches as well as the aftercare in a different way so that now we actually have a, a product and we also have a brand you know, just like future, you know, future method that actually analyzes this in a way that's going to make people's relationships much more fruitful. And, and, and I'm so thankful that obviously you uh, bring me on the show and educating. You also are listening because I'm, that's the goal for me is to really get people to change their habits and think differently so that we can engage forever and ever and, and for another 50 years. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. It's sinking in, Dr. Goldstein. Uh, <laughs> the product is called Butt and Body Scrub. It's available at futuremethod.com, which you have a couple other products there as well and more to come, I understand, correct? Yeah, we're so excited. We have obviously a, a pH balanced anal douche solution that uh, is our first and kind of hallmark product that's a game changer for the world. Uh, the goal was to provide people with a solution. That's At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Not toxic and not harmful, um, and then also provide people with enough education to really start minimizing the overdouching because we know that there's obviously a lot of complications with overdouching. And soon enough, probably in the next couple of weeks, we'll be coming out with something that's going to be really great as like a first aid component for post-sex care um, and a lot of really great stuff in the pipeline that uh, literally uh, that I think uh, is really a game changer for our communities. And it's so exciting to be at the forefront of this and really the only company that's out there that's thinking along these lines to support the community. It's, it's, it's an honor for all of us. Absolutely. And lastly, people can follow you at. Yeah. So uh, at Dr. Evan Goldstein, Dr. Evan Goldstein on Instagram for personal plus some kids and all that jazz. Um, and then uh, bespoke surgical uh, are our tags for uh, Insta and Facebook. And then obviously the future method uh, for any of the product stuff. And uh, thank you as always. We appreciate it. Happy, happy, happy birthday. I hope you have <laughs> a great and many, many more. Life is too short, so you got to make sure you live every single day. I appreciate it and appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. You really need to try the body and butt scrub. It is so good. Oh, and that smell is amazing. Check that out. Keeping this party going, we are up to another favorite person of mine and friend to Tags Podcast. Here is my conversation with podcaster himself of Chasing Happy, Sexy Sebastian Lacaz. I'm very happy to welcome my next guest. He's a great friend of mine and also a fellow podcaster, filmmaker, actor. He's been on the show several times. Sebastian Lacaz, how you doing? Hey, Steve. Happy birthday, bitch. <laughs> Thank you. And I should say happy birthday, bitch, back. Because <laughs> what people probably don't know is you turn 50 this Friday or this week. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, right. Well, I'm not sure when this is coming out. Sorry. Yeah, this comes out um, on my birthday, the 12th. And so you're I'll just... have been, yeah, like four days prior. You're older. By four <laughs> days okay hey, let's, not, let's not like run with that okay we're the same <laughs> on friday i'm gonna say how does it feel to be 50 since i'm still <laughs> in my 40s and you can give me you'll have reached the mountain peak and can gaze over and, and give me what it feels like in those first few minutes totally totally i'm here for you so you know, I, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, being a fellow Capricorn, um, I've been told, and we'll get into the age thing, is us Capricorns, particularly us ones that were born in January, age like a fine wine. We only get better with age. Do you feel that's your story? Because I feel like it's definitely mine. 
Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. That's yeah. I've, I've also heard that. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like I'm sort of only now really stepping into like the wholeness of who I really am and sort of like shedding so much of the illusory sort of attributes that we accumulate early on in our lives, you know, and I feel like I am fully just, um, just really becoming, realizing, being aware and, and comprehending who I really am. I totally agree with that. And one of the things I love about our birthdays, and this one's kind of pivotal, monumental, is our birthdays always come at the beginning of a new year. So it's always a great time to reflect. And, it, you know, whether you make projections or not, it is a renewal time frame. But then our birthdays come up. And then on top of that, we're turning 50, which to some of us, to me, it means it means a lot. Um, are you? And then on top of that, leaving that 2020 behind us and mm -hmm. 2021, right. not that the pandemic is necessarily over, but there is a Just light. I can kind of, I can see a little light out there somewhere. Yeah. Um, are you feeling any of those things like the new year, the 50th and anything like that? I am uh, like a thousand percent over. It's also, you know, I'm not like well-versed or extremely knowledgeable in numerology, but I love numbers. And I, what I can tell you is that the number five um, signifies great change. And 2021 is a five year when you add up 2021. Oh, and wow. we're also entering our fifth decade. So, and, and it's really interesting. I just uh, came to a realization recently about change and how because I've been seeing repeating fives a lot, like just fives, I've just been receiving a lot of signs from the universe about change. And, and it can be somewhat daunting, but also I, I realized that a lot of the time, most of the time, I'll just speak for myself, that when I hear change, I'm always, I'm looking for it externally. Like, oh, what's coming? Like what's gonna change in my external world? And it really dawned on me that the change that is, happening first is internal. It's internal change that is happening. And that has been happening for the past couple of years, but has really happened in this, uh, a, a lot has um, changed in this, this year, this 2020. And I acknowledge all the loss and how difficult it's been for many of us, but 2020 has been an incredible transformative year. It has really just, um, almost upgraded my, you know, frequency in many ways because I was forced um, into this solitude and, and I welcomed it and I faced many dark aspects of myself and have transformed in such an incredible way. So this change that has been happening I'm realizing, oh no, you're actually going, you've been going through the change of menopause. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But, but are you transitioning? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> you have another big announcement today? I, I do, I do, I do. I get ready. 
But um, and and you know, I think the change will reflect externally. But first, I think first the change happens um, in our inner world. And then it's reflected in our external world. And that was like a nice little like, ah, like realization to to step into, to be like, oh, no, you don't stop looking for the change. Like it's happening, like embody it, which I am, but just like acknowledging it like, oh, that's the change. I love that from within. And as I as you say that, I'm looking at last year's vision board, which I have posted changes good. And mm-hmm. I totally agree. It's internal for myself as well. You did have this, you have this amazing podcast that you did launch in 2020, Chasing Happy. Mm-hmm. And we talked about it on past shows. I really enjoyed it so much. At the end, Thank did you. you feel that you, are you happy now? Or is it something that's evolving and ongoing? Um, interesting question. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, evolving and, and ongoing, but I also think chasing happiness or chasing happy as, which was the title is really also an illusion, which is why I, I, and I titled the podcast that, and I think that whole like first five decades of my life, I was chasing this ideal chasing happy, but I don't, I've, I think now I've come to a place where it's more about finding meaning. Like I've found meaning in my life um, and I've found joy and I've found um, peace. Um, I, I, happiness, I think, is... I'm, I'm not even sure. Time, I think, it, too. I mean, yeah. I've bought like an amazing pair of shoes before and thought oh my God, I finally got these shoes that I want. And I'm happy for that moment when I open the box up, Mm -hmm. but it's not sustainable. In other words, I could then push the box aside and it's not the happiness. meaning is, you can sustain meaning. Meaning is fulfilling and so is peace and so is joy and appreciation. Those you can sustain, that you can, you know, that fills you. Right. And lasts longer. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that. And will there be more of Chasing Happy coming out? Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the pod, I, I feel like that's what it is. I feel like it, it was, I don't think there's going to be a second season. I think that that you, podcast. You, you put everything out there in that one. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if there was, if there's, if I do podcasting, I think it should, should be something else. But I think chasing happy should be this, those sixteen chapters of this, um, sort of like this awakening that I had, you know, and how I all the lessons that I learned because, you know, I can say that at fifty or uh, knocking on fifty, knocking on the door of fifty in four, three days or whatever, that realizing that everything that you experience in life is a teacher, you know, and we don't realize, and we hear that, we hear that throughout our lives. Like, Oh, there's a lesson. There's a lesson. And sometimes you're just like, fuck the lesson. Like it's really hard to, to grasp that concept sometimes when you're in it. But that's why we're here. uh, I think in these lives on, on this plane is for our souls to progress and evolve and every, and we're here to learn us certain, um, you know, certain things that our, our souls need. And that's all the things that we experience in life. All the challenges are there to teach us. 
And even when I look back at the three like sort of significant relationships I've had, they were all they were all teachers. And honestly, they were all teaching me that I I didn't love myself. They were all and I had to go through it three different times before I finally was like had to 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 discover, you know, my own worthiness as a as a human being walking the earth, you know, and that's a beautiful uh, thing to realize. Absolutely. So if 2020 was learning about the internal change and being reflective, what do you see in your 50th year, 2021? They could be projections or continuing on with the same? Well, here's something else that I'm, I'm, I'm another principle uh, that I'm learning to incorporate, integrate into my life is that I'm, 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 learning to detach from outcome because that doesn't mean I don't have dreams and I don't take action and I don't have desire. But when we attach to outcome, we prescribe like a future based on, and what, and it's all, it's always based on our history and you can't, move past anything new when you're basing your future on what you kind of have been through or what you you expect it to be based on you know your history and also i've realized that even positive expectations even if i say i want to achieve all these specific external things even as great as they may sound they are still limitations because if i give myself over to the truth of who I am and focus on my purpose and the gifts that I realize that I have, which is being a storyteller and focusing on that and sort of leaving the attachment to the outcome out of it, I can open myself up to possibly, you know, bounty that is like beyond what I even imagined. But but putting even positive expectations are limiting us. So I don't, I'm releasing that and focusing more on staying in alignment to, you know, who I know that I am and to the truth of who I am and focusing my energy on sort of using my my pain, my story of healing to guide others to their own healing and, and to sort of just light the way and, in, in, in a way, you know, of, of just of healing and, and purpose and, and let it take me where it well, takes yeah. me. Sebastian Lacaz, always, this is why you're the older of the two of us, the wiser of the two of us. We look to you for enlightenment. I want to thank you so much. Um, and we should say, I mean, it's as much as you have been doing so much, you have, can you tell us just really quickly the film, the short films that you have out right now? Um, uh, Disciple is... Um, yes being submitted to film festivals right now. And then I've started exploring doing like experimental films and, um, Blackberry, right? Blackberry is one. And then I did one on my own in my apartment, like 
shot it on my iPhone and created this like film called Alchemy, which ended up being quite beautiful. Um, and yeah, the experimental filmmaking has been really fun because it's just taking me out of my own sort of ideas of what storytelling is supposed to look like and be, you know, it's just like, there's no rules. I can just kind of do whatever I want. And that's been really freeing. And where can people find these three short films? Um, well, the Blackberry and Disciple are being submitted, so they're kind of not okay, really up for public consumption. But Alchemy is on my Instagram page if they want to look at that. Nice. At? Uh, LaCause underscore I am. Perfect. Sebastian LaCause, thank you so much and happy, happy 50th birthday. Hey, oh, thanks to Oh, I don't even know. What, what was that? <laughs> that what? Was like, complete, exactly. I don't even know what I was saying just now. Do you want me to say it again? <laughs> Thank you, Steve. And happy birthday to you. I think I was trying to say too many things at once. (laughs) Got it. it. Go back to cutting your mohawk. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Steve. And happy birthday. Well, we could not end my 50th birthday podcast of Tags Podcast, the show that I really created to be really honest and open. And boy, did I not realize how open and honest I was going to be. But (laughs) hey, when you're a sadist, you're a sadist. And that means a roast. Yes. And I think I'm tough enough to handle this i could not be more excited to be with the people my friends my loved ones and they say us gays make up our own family and these next three guests really are my chosen family jeremy ross lopez lincoln and cody maurice doggett have not only been friends to the show co-hosts of mine gotten me out of a landmine, brought me back to reality, checked me, <laughs> but really been some of the most closest people that have made gotten me to this 50th birthday. And I love you. I thank you. The show would not be anything without all of you. And I'm so appreciative of you. And on that note, I was going to say, now I feel bad for being mean to you. <laughs> okay, I cannot be mean to this man. He's too good. It's not fair. I want to He's already for it. He should go first. (laughs) And some of my favorite people that have celebrities, I'm just going to share with you. Obviously, we get it. J-Lo, you're 50 and you're like, (laughs) we get it, J-Lo. You're perfect. We get it. But Janet Jackson's in her 50s. And then I was looking up people, gays, Billy Porter, 51, RuPaul, 60, I love humor and I try and be as funny as I can when I can. Mario Cantone is 61. I love him. Wow. I love him. Mm. I know. Anderson Cooper, 53. Andy Cohen, 52. So, hey, okay now. And my co host, Lincoln. (laughs) I am 51 years old. Uh Come for me. God damn it. Get it, Lincoln. <laughs> I'm a damn though. We're getting to you. Well, on honor that I have a sense of humor and I can take it, I thought it'd be fun. I don't know, because I am a sadist, to be roasted on my birthday. And let's just go. What do you got for me, Jeremy Ross Lopez? So I had two points to make. So one of them is every time you go out, you would always ask me, 
what accessories to wear, what not to wear, knowing that you're always going to ultimately decide to fuck my do what I want. And do what you want. So the funny thing would be we'd be drunk drinking or going out to dinner or something. And I'd be like, oh, so you did put on that seventh necklace, that uh, fifth bracelet, the eighth ring that I said no to. I love that, that you took my opinion. That's really great. And then the second thing is, Everybody knows you can't cross Steve with his divas. So one of Uh-oh. them being Madonna. Oh, Anything you have bad to say about her when you're drinking with Steve, just watch the fuck out. And <laughs> he loves a good debate about divas when he's drinking, which which gay doesn't. But Steve will not let you win that debate, just so you know. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, I love that. Oh, on the last point, when, yes, Get into a debate, probably with any queen, on Seriously. one of their favorites when they've had when it's three, four in the morning. Good luck, and <laughs> mine just happens to be Madonna and Janet. And so, yeah, <laughs> I did. Jeremy, I did get you. Janet is one of my all-time favorites, probably my the favorite. But you didn't always love Madonna, and. We went and saw Truth or Dare together at... And I definitely came around to everything Madonna. I love that. Uh, Wow, convert people even. Could it be any better? (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, she is magnificent, so there you go. (laughs) And Lincoln, what's so interesting about this whole process is... So, listeners, I thought it would be fun to, you know, have some of my favorite people roast me. Lincoln has been very uncomfortable about this whole situation. What I find really hilarious about this, though, (laughs) is we share a love of the woman we were just talking about, Madonna, who is the snarkiest. Which I don't like that part of her. (laughs) And I love this part of her. This is what you you give me life about her. This This is is why I actually love her. (laughs) And and the fact that you are like... (laughs) This I'm is like, what's you, are you a real Madonna fan? Because I am a real Madonna fan, and I even love it. when I worked with even one last thing, and I'll let you speak. No, that's okay. This is one thing she does. Is when I was fortunate to I hired for two music videos to work with Madonna. She made us line up at inform information Beyonce before there yeah. was a formation <laughs> and in the swimsuits that she had us wear that she and she was like the one line she said was where so i hear that jamie met you my choreographer where in the locker room and that's what she said to us and she looked at us to see a crack in our face and she knows you so well already well and the thing about jamie king was he was notorious for being in the locker room at Crunch Fitness in ah, West Beho. And she funny. wasn't that far off. And believe me, I would have done it with Jamie. I'm just saying. <laughs> so that's not, I love that about her. Go, Lincoln. Well, listen, I like the Madonna that is confessions, legacy, iconic, perfectionist. I don't like the Madonna that's screaming about being her bitches and wearing a grill and you can't understand a word she says. Oh so my God, listen, and, I, and, and I can you know, open up, difference in why we love her. I, love I can it. open up the perspective and also love Lady Gaga at the same time, which you cannot. 
I can't. You can't. You cannot do it. <laughs> Steve, you are a beautiful man who put your mouth where your words are. You love everyone in the universe and you want people to be open and you want people to express themselves and you want people to give their point of view no matter what it is. And that's what I absolutely love about you. And I hope you have another 50 years of bringing that out of everyone. You've brought oh. it out of every one of your hosts oh. on all of your platforms and you bring it out <laughs> in everyone that you interact with. And I hope you do it from here to eternity. And Aww. as we said on the last episode, you're my Megan to my joy, Behar, <laughs> which I love. That's what makes the show go round and round. And any tidbits you can give me on entering this new phase of 50? Uh, own every second of it. Because you know what? Between turning 50 and a pandemic... There's no, there's no reason mom? to hold your words back. Be every man that you want to be. Like, wow. like that's something I, I, you know, it's funny. I had someone come at me recently at work about their order being lost and blah blah blah. And I went, no, stop. We don't talk that way to each other at the protein bakery. Nice. We don't talk oh. that way to each other in 2021. You don't need to shame me. You don't need to be, you know, use 18 different exclamation points to get your point across. You could talk to me like a person and I will treat you like a person. And, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest resolution. That's the biggest turning 50 thing. And also, you know, I don't want to use the line, but losing a parent makes you yeah. stop and go, who, who do you think you are? I'm a 51 year old man who lived through AIDS and HIV in San Francisco. As you know, I know you've had, your own like experience with that in the Bay Area and here in New York. We have to own our positives and our negatives and not shame anyone anymore and just live life in truth and love and happiness. So you'll do it and, Link and you're going to love Lincoln, it. Thank you. And I love that. It's essentially treat people how you want to be treated and hold people accountable. And yeah, life yeah. is precious as I take care of my mother and I know we talked about it in the last episode. I love you. Thank you so much. I for love that. you so much. All right. Well, we saved. Him. Give it to him. Right. Give it to him. Give it to him. We <laughs> saved the last roast for the one that I think I'm is like... having too much fun on this. <laughs> what, do you what do you got for me? All right. First, I love you. Okay. But hello, darling. <laughs> Assume crash positions, everybody. All right. Yay. <laughs> Steve. I have to say, I got a little bit too excited about roasting you. Part of it <laughs> is that I get to say mean things to you, but most of it is that finally I have a friend that is finally older than me. I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm an old bitch, so I know they chipped your ass out of the amber or something, okay? It's just you and it's the dinosaurs from Jurassic Park, okay? <laughs> But I have to admit that that Amber preserved you very well, honey. We, no, <laughs> notice know. that I said we definitely look good at our age on the outside. Mm -hmm. All right? But I know that you know the insides are rotted. <laughs> preserved, I like to say. <laughs> By all the alcohol. And, and your insides are smashed a little bit. And you know, because of all the dicks that have been in there. Ooh. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You've had more dicks in you than a private investigator convention. <laughs> You've had Listen, more. I have a high alert out on that. 
<laughs> You've had more cocks in you than a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh. <laughs> I got one more. I got one more. You've had more Johnsons in you than at Medea's family reunion. <laughs> and just like that joke, two thirds of them were black. Oh, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. You love black dick so much, it's like you're applying to be a Kardashian, basically. Oh, <laughs> oh shit, I was going to make a semen joke, but I heard you spit. <laughs> on me on me i like getting spit on me getting, which is unfortunate because at your age you could probably use the extra nutrients <laughs> <laughs> but i'm so glad that we got this time to celebrate the man the myth the legend the host with the most the big boss and creator of tags podcast and boy won't he continually remind you of it Yes, I love you, Steve, so much. <laughs> and I hope I got all the titles that you paid me to say in there, right? Did I get them? <laughs> and love. do I get my money now or later? <laughs> later, bitch. Later, bitch? Okay, Later, cool. bitch. <laughs> That's love all I got it, for Cody. Yes. Love it. <laughs> love it. That was really yeah. good. Well, thank really, you. Really I, good. Thank oh you. my gosh, you guys. guys. It was so, done in all love, trust me. All of you guys, Jeremy, thank you so much. You delivered. And um, all my best friends here, you know, we work on this show, but all of I've hung out with all of you separately. You are all are so special to me. And I know we're going to be so close in 2021 and beyond and i really love and appreciate you all so thank you so much and for participating in this madness and craziness that <laughs> is tags podcast it's the only way i would have it so i really appreciate it and i love you guys thank you so much love you love so you too. much man. happy birthday you are. Happy Aww, birthday! Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for indulging me on my 50th birthday celebration today, January 12th. Uh, we've got a lot in store for you. We are back with regular shows all next week and beyond as we celebrate our fourth year of Talk About Gay Sex. Thank you for joining me. We will see you soon. Wear your mask, but keep it sexy, and I'll see you and talk to you soon.